Hello, and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to get super tactical with you and talk about the behind the scenes of daily publishing. Super tactical. You know I'm going to try to make it not so tactical, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry to bore you, dear listener, but I just finished a workshop on daily email and there was a hunger, a hunger uh, from the folks to to know the kind of nitty gritty behind the scenes, like, but how do you actually plug everything together and, and like make it frictionless? Cause I talk about in the course, I talk about, you know, you need to make it, make it frictionless so that you can minimize the likelihood of breaking the habit. It just means like falling off a log, like, whoops, I published my daily email and, <laughs> but I don't really go too far past like what frictionless means, you know, cause everybody, I've interviewed, you know, 10 or 11 people about their different daily publishing habits. And like literally everyone has significant variety and their sort of unique, weird little process. So it's kind of, it would be odd for me to prescriptively say, here's how you do it. You know, at nine o'clock, you know, you sit down at your desk, start your Pomodoro timer. And while you're drinking your coffee, bang out your, you know, it's like different for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So that's not what I'm talking about. The thing I the, the thing that, that everyone was like dying to know is more about the stuff they don't really care about, the stuff that happens after you wrote it and how to make that piece frictionless. You know, like, where do I put it? Should it be on my website or should it just be in my email? Should there be an audio version? Should it go to social media? Should it be customized for each different social media platform? If it is customized, what, how do I do that? Like, shouldn't it have tags over here that are different than over there? And shouldn't the email have something different in the footer that shouldn't show up on social? And there's all these, all these, they're all great questions. How exhausting. <laughs> it's a lot to think about. And no one really yeah. cares. They yeah. just want to do the right thing. It's like, no one really yeah. has an opinion about it. They just want to like, like see some examples and pick between the yeah. different choices. And yeah, what are my options? Right. But we can talk about, I'm also, I haven't really announced this, but I, I'm also doing a daily Monday through Friday podcast that has a totally different frictionless process, which maybe we could get into as well. It's very simple, but, but I huge fan for anybody running an authority style business to be speaking and writing a lot. Yes. A lot. So yep. the idea of frictionless publishing is I think really important, especially if you're not a high, you know, you don't have a lot of employees or, you know, a VA or whatever. If you're on your own or close to it, it's really important to make this stuff as frictionless as possible so that you can just stick to the really important piece, which is coming up with brilliant new insights and getting them out to the people who are excited to read them or listen to them. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's it's finding that right path for you. It's different from somebody else, but it, I think it's why people are so interested when somebody comes up with a new way to do something it's like oh what do you do what's your technique yeah 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 mr king what kind of pen do you use to write <laughs> it's a little bit like that but at the same time it's a blocker for people so it's like just do this if you want to do something just do this so the piece the piece that's absolutely different for everybody is the capture and writing phase so it's like there's no advice really there but the but once you've got a piece that's ready to be published then if we're talking about writing, almost everybody that I interviewed ha uses a roughly the same approach, which is that they publish it on a website. Uh, a lot of people are using WordPress, but that's not the only one there. Some people are using, you know, the more technical people are using ghost. Some people are blogging on Squarespace, but pretty much all of these platforms will produce an RSS feed 
of your posts and those the RSS feed can have the complete post in it along with a bunch of metadata and other sorts of tags but it's machine readable format XML format which if you don't know what that means it doesn't really matter because lots of platforms consume RSS feeds and can trigger automations whenever it sees a new thing pop up in the feed so there's a couple of different email providers that do this but I think the best one, the easiest one for the most people uh, is ConvertKit, which has this, this little robot that you can set up to watch your RSS feed. So when you publish a new blog post, it turns it into an email. And you can have it just create a draft of the email if you want to like you know, review it again before you actually press send. Or uh, you can set it up to just, you just check a box and it will automatically send it after a 30 minute delay. So so if you are, if you've got this email and you're like, or what I, I try not to call them emails actually, cause it's a lot of things, but you have a new article, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A new piece. Well, yeah. A new piece. You put it on your website. It automatically gets sucked into ConvertKit and can send automatically. And, uh, and then the other thing, and there, and there's some nuance there that we can go into about high level. Uh, then, then there's a, a platform called Zapier, which has the same robot that's watching the RSS feed. But it plugs into other, lots of other things, lots of social media platforms. So uh, you, so new item shows up in your RSS feed. And in my case, Zapier sees it. It says, hey, this is a new piece. Uh, what do I do next? And you can configure, you can kind of customize the data from the RSS feed and use different pieces of it in different places. So you can, it's really like Legos. You can kind of plug it together however it makes the most sense for like give give me an example (laughs) you being sarcastic (laughs) no i'm actually i'm i want to know like what maybe i mean i shouldn't say maybe i'm learning from this one i want to see what what else can i is there a new zap i can design that i haven't thought of yet oh yeah 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 i've got let's hear it okay so so it gives you these little building blocks that you can just drag and drop or select from a list so you know, let's say the second thing that happens after uh, a, a new piece is detected in my feed, a new item is detected, then it goes, it says, all right, what happens next? Okay, publish this to Twitter. And it's like, all right, what do you want to publish? You can choose from like just the title or, or just the URL, the title plus the URL, um, the some portion of the description. You can just pick different things. Uh, mm-hmm. You can have different descriptions. Well, that's a little bit more complicated, but but yeah, you can just like pick from a list of stuff that it sees in the item and just compose a, it's like Mad Libs kind of, you can compose like a little format, a little template, mm-hmm. and yeah. it just plugs in the data when it sees a new thing. Use the first 90 characters or something like that. Right. So and then it, next one, uh, maybe my next one is LinkedIn and it'd be like similar to Twitter where I post the title and a link. And then Medium, and I post the entire thing on Medium. The Medium will accept the entire. Uh, the, mm-hmm. I always write a shorter post than is allowed on Medium. Um, where else? Uh, there's it goes to a subreddit. Uh, it goes to Slack. It goes to my Ditcherville Slack, so that people who are in there can get that get the daily email right inside of Slack, since they're already in there. Instead of you know maybe going to spam or whatever in their mm-hmm. email inbox. And at each one of these things. Each of the different platforms has different, you know, character limits or 
kind of like algorithmic desires. Yeah. <laughs> There's a title, yeah. algorithmic desires. And so you can customize it to each of the different platforms. So for example, on the platforms that do um, play nicely with tags, I'll put tags in. So like if it's going to go to Twitter, then, you know, there are certain tags on Twitter where, you know, freelancing, consulting, mm -hmm. pricing, hourly billing, things like that. And so I can append those in Zapier in the little Twitter Madlib event or action rather. And those will just automatically be appended. So when it goes to Twitter, it automatically show up on those hashtags. And you could do, you know, and the, the hashtags are probably different on LinkedIn. So you can do, uh, mm -hmm. you know, different, whatever. It can be custom for each of the platforms. So when I, so just that's a sort of fly overview. So when I, you know, write an, you know, I write an email and, and just, or sorry, a piece and I publish it, it goes to my website first. And then all of that stuff, it's like I type up, you know, here's the thing, you know, create leverage in your business so you can make more money without working more hours yours j you know j mm -hmm. press button one button and it goes to my website the email list twitter linkedin medium reddit uh slack and probably others that i don't even remember wait question mm -hmm. um i like that i think it's 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 very clear um will that work for for audio will that work for a podcast if you're posting it in a way that hits the RSS feed. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, podcast feeds are also RSS. So blogs and, and podcasts are the same structure in terms of the, the machines talking to each other. So if you started with like an audio first workflow, or you just have another RSS feed of your podcast, like there's an RSS feed of this podcast, right. which you could plug in to ex in exactly the same way. In fact, I don't know why I'm not doing that. Come to think it, of it. it, yeah, and there's more than one. Actually, we have two. More than two RSS, RSS feeds? feeds. Yeah, is that right? Because we have the one for the podcast, and then we run it on my site as well. That's true, right? And you've got That's and right. you've got it filtered down like interviews, and so that you could have lots of different feeds in theory. Mm -hmm. But yeah, right. so the idea would be you just set up. You could set up. You could even automatically. Geez, now you're giving me ideas. So like. <laughs> Like, because my Monday email is always the announcement of TBOA, which I have a, a, a format that I could probably convert to a template for these different platforms. Yeah. Cut and paste off the RSS. Right. And just on Mondays, I wouldn't even have to copy and paste the show notes into an email. It would just be like automatically happen on Mondays. That's You're welcome. <laughs> Less friction. Love it. Monday's off. I can use that time for something else. So, yeah. So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how do I do this to Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is you can do this with Instagram, but it's really complicated. Um, so I don't do it and I can't speak to it very well. I don't really, I'm not active on Instagram, but, uh, but if you're wondering like, oh, great, how do I do this on Instagram? There is a way to do it, but it's very hard. Uh, and obviously it requires they that make you... it that way on purpose oh, everything totally. with advanced scheduling with instagram is a challenge totally yeah so oh that's a good point actually so that's another question is like do you schedule them in advance or like do, do they always go out at the same time um i i just press publish and they go it goes everywhere within the next couple of minutes um but usually with blogging software you can schedule a post to go live like tomorrow at 9 a.m and yeah. all of this stuff will automatically be on that schedule like it'll automatically none of the 
RSS readers will will see that post until it actually goes live on the website and then it'll trigger all these events so you can still be in your jammies asleep and and then at you know whatever 6 a.m or 9 a.m whatever your choice is it'll go out to all those platforms and I love that I schedule everything yeah. as you know <laughs> <laughs> I schedule everything that can be scheduled yeah and so the audio the audio workflow is interesting because I've, I've been doing this daily Monday through Friday podcast. And my workflow for that is actually quite different where, where I batch, you know, the episodes are all really short. It's like a, a voicemail from your crazy pricing friend and it's set up. It only goes out to paid subscribers to the podcast and it's in the episodes are all like mostly like one or two minutes long. Sometimes they're four minutes long if I go crazy. Um, and that and I batch those. I usually don't batch stuff, but there's just enough trouble finding time in my day where it's reasonably quiet that I can't mm. count on it. Like I literally cannot yeah. count on any given day. I cannot count on the, the 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 fact that I will have a quiet five minutes, which kind of surprised me <laughs> when I realized it. <laughs> like I can write when there's like chaos going on around me, but but you can't really record when chaos is going on around you. So yeah. I do batch those when I have a, a quiet half hour. I can record like five episodes, no problem, like an entire week. And, I would uh, totally do it that way. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I, you know, the promise on the website is that it's it's like a voicemail from your friend. So I literally send the messages from my phone and the sound stinks. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like a feature, not a bug. So it's I don't there's no no real editing at all. It's like just talk into my phone, yeah, you talk, drop it into a Dropbox folder and off to the races. Yeah. So, you know, that's, I guess, just an example of like two t- completely different processes for daily publishing and they're frictionless in different ways because just the, the, the nature of audio requires a little bit more, um, a little bit more environmental setup and video oh, would be minute. even I'm- worse. I'm a little confused. So you you record them, you put them in Dropbox, and then how do they get out? Because you're sending them daily to this list. Yep. Well, so they so on my phone they go into Dropbox, and then I can do it on my phone, but usually I'll go on my computer and just upload all five of them to Transistor, where I host that. So there's mm. there is one more step, and that and in fact there is a way to make that piece automated, but it's not it, it's it's not for the faint hearted. But I will if <laughs> if I decide to keep doing the daily podcast, I will write that little piece. But it requires coding and the API and stuff. There's no uh, right now. There's no way for Transistor to just like watch a Dropbox folder and and create the episode. Yeah, yeah. But there's no show. There's no show art. I mean, there's show art, but there's no episode art. There's no episode notes. Uh, it's just the title. So like the, the yeah. I, I save the audio file with the title of that episode, and that's the title in the podcast feed, and that's it. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Hmm. Any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep going. I mean, I've been taking notes, but yeah, oh. I mean, for me and for the other non uh, coders in the audience, it's like I'm always looking to Zapier to make my life easier, but sometimes I'll have an idea on how to use it. I'll go there and there's no hookup. Like, or they have a hookup to what I want. Here's an example. When I was posting videos in the Slack channel, I, I, I uh, 
did a zap that would automatically send a notice to Slack when the video was posted. Mm-hmm. The problem is there wasn't a way, maybe with coding, but with my knowledge, there wasn't a way to have it wait until I put all the notes in. It just said, oh, it's ready. And somebody every single time would click on it and go, nope, it's not ready yet. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh. So so that's, uh, I'm always looking for like, you know, preset easy ways to do some of this kind of automation without making yourself crazy. Mm, yeah. And that's a thing I have done is gone into Zapier and be like, well, what is, what can I plug this into? You yeah. know, and like look through the, the Slack stuff is a little, it's not too bad. It's not too bad, but there are little things like that where you're like, mm, how am I going to do this in a way that, you know, like for example, sending stuff into Slack, it's tough to format it because the Slack formatting is a little bit different than, than most other things. Like you can't send it markdown, you valid markdown, you can't send it HTML uh, and you, you can't really get rich text out of a RSS feed. So there's a little bit of some, some wackiness in there, but you know, I mean, I guess the overall, the overall point of even bringing this up as an episode is that I hope people listening are, uh, thinking about writing and speaking a lot. I think mailing lists, the, the mailing list podcast, one, two punch is absolutely magic. And if you're, you know, if you're overwhelmed by like all of the stuff that you think you need to do for a podcast or for a mailing list and publishing it and like uh, editing it and all of this stuff, it's like, it, it can be overwhelming. And it's even if it's just a question of like, should I use drip or convert kit or MailChimp? That's convert stuff. kit. Yeah. Convert kit. Just get convert kit. And uh, yeah. And it's just, it's just, I know it's stopping people because so, so many people ask me the question that I just, you know, I just gave you the answer to a question like dozens and dozens and dozens of people have asked me. Um, so if you want to just copy that, you can, or if you want to use it as a starting point, that's great too. Uh, but yeah. Oh, one, one last thing. If we, if we want to if we leave it there, I don't know how much more I have to really say about it unless you have other questions, but uh, yeah, I have something I want to say, but go ahead. Okay. Then let's hear your, let's hear your last point. Maybe Here's, that's what I want to talk about. Uh, Here's my a relatively new addition to my my uh, stack is Grammarly, which has been around forever. People have mentioned it to me before, but um, when I when I recently started recently changed to the like I press one button and it's too late, it it goes out, no review, none of that. Um, I definitely noticed that my typos and grammar problems increased because I I lost like two review steps. Ah. Uh. Right. So then, then yeah. I was like, mm, this is really, it's worse than usual. <laughs> like, I, like there's typos <laughs> usually, but I, I really wanted to do something about it. And I installed Grammarly on everything and wow, immediately addicted. Just so, so good. So good. So that's, and that's another thing. It's like, well, should somebody review my emails or should I come back to them tomorrow and reread them? For me, Grammarly is like the robot editor of my dreams. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so that's a real pro tip right there. You know, actually, that's it. It's interesting that you said that because that's the thing that's been stopping me from automating the my my regular blog post because putting it in ConvertKit and all I do is cut and paste, but doing that and sending it to myself allows me to see it like the reader does and I will edit in ways that I wouldn't otherwise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe I'll try Grammarly. That's a good idea. I used to do something like that. And this this is 
as good, if not better, in terms of catching things. And it removes a step because it happens like live yeah. while you're typing. Yeah. Yeah. I tried, cool. I tried Grammarly years ago and I found it to be way too pushy because my style is a little bit, a little bit off on purpose. Uh-huh. You know, I like to write like I speak and I don't speak perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, so, you don't want it to autocorrect for your style. Right. And it doesn't seem to do that anymore. I don't know if it like chilled AI. out a little bit or it learned my style or something, but it's, you know, it's stuff like commas and like th, you know, there versus there versus there and Mm -hmm. stuff like that like stuff that's just embarrassing when you get it wrong yeah I, it's like when I'm sometimes on... we don't see that on the first review like I, I i'll still miss some of those kinds of things by the third review i'll catch it but yes exactly and the the one that the one that kills me and i don't think grammarly catches this i'll have to i'm not sure is like when i when i forget to put the word not in a sentence like i would not blah 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 Oh. Versus, and then you leave out the not, and it's like I would do the exact thing that I wouldn't do. Um, but That's it catches pretty critical. Yeah, it catches so many dumb errors. It's fabulous. It's way better than any of the uh, the stuff on like your smart. Like I, I'm an Android guy, and it's starting to get some of that Grammarly like smarts. It, it's not just mm -hmm. typos anymore. It's starting to become grammar correction, but Grammarly's. Uh, head and shoulders better so that's a real good for folks who are mortified by you know spelling things wrong and, and not using your oxford commas then pro uh, tip pro tip Love it. well cool yeah i just wanted to like i don't know it's maybe a quick episode is there any any well, other I, I still want to yeah i want to talk about social a little bit and i, I don't want to take away from what you said because i think that if this stuff gets in your way from writing automate it just do it because doing it is better than not doing it Mm -hmm. Right. But once you've once you've gotten in the habit and you're doing it and you're feeling good, then I would say, you know, really look carefully at the social distribution of what you're doing, because every platform is different. And it isn't just a matter of hashtags, but it's also a style. So just as an example, in LinkedIn, it's really tough when you're, you know, you're doing a title, maybe an image and a link. LinkedIn isn't going to pay attention to that so much. It's not going to fare well in their algorithm. That is true. So, yeah. So, so once you're comfortable, you might decide, well, I want to do an extract for LinkedIn and maybe I'm not even going to put the link in, I'm not going to link them to the article. I'm just going to talk about it or I'm going to ask a question so that I get some engagement with LinkedIn around something, or I'm going to make, you know, I'm just going to put um, three sentences, which is okay too. And so, and, and on Twitter, and of course Twitter is like a mess right now, but um, at least the, the old rules with Twitter is that, you know, you, you can't do multiples of the same title close together. So you could come back, you know, a month from now and do the same title, but not, you know, twice in a day or, or, you know, it's not supposed to let you do it twice in a week, but I think it does. Um, so, so then you want to think about, well, how do I address this in Twitter, which is sort of a different way of speaking? Um, right. I, I'm not sure that many people in our audience use Facebook, but that's something different. And of course, you know, Instagram is just, you know, throw your arms up and just agree that you're going to do something very specifically for Instagram. In fact, most of the people in my circle who use Instagram regularly 
use that as their starting point and then they adjust what they have in Instagram mm-hmm. for LinkedIn or for Twitter or for both. Yep, um, yeah. You could have a totally different starting point. I have, I have students who their yeah. starting point is YouTube and then all of the things are downstream of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the, I, I just want to make the point that th- there comes a point when you're doing the stuff where you're like, okay, I've gotten over myself. I know I have something to say. I sometimes I worry pressing the button, but I do it anyway. And that's when you start to get to the point of, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable now. I'm comfortable now. (laughs) So what do I want to do on LinkedIn? How do I want to be there or Twitter or Instagram? Hopefully you're not doing all of those because that feels like a lot of work for a soloist, but yeah, it's pick your platform and then just, you know, spend some time thinking it through, watching how other people do it and then seeing how that applies to you and how you like to interact with your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, I'd say I don't know percentage-wise, but I do notice that I have a lot of students for whom LinkedIn is a great platform because their buyers are all there. So they just have tons of good luck on LinkedIn. But really, and I totally agree, by the way, like if you you are just syndicating content to these platforms, your engagement is not going to be really high. It just makes it easier for people who live on that platform to share your stuff if they're following you. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a convenience really more than anything. But if you really want to maximize engagement on a particular social media platform because you have tons of of buyers there, then sure. I mean, you can you can do a lot better than just a robot posting links. Uh, but like you said, Rochelle, I I don't know many people that can keep up with more than one really. And so yeah. so it's like pick the one where most of your buyers hang out or the one that you're most comfortable with, with, the one that you really understand the norms, the one where you're already getting the most engagement. So you're obviously doing something right. So and then spend some amount of time doing that. And for for my group, it's usually LinkedIn, sometimes Instagram and distant third, probably Twitter. And who knows, maybe it'll be Mastodon next. <laughs> but, <laughs> Could be. Yeah. But that that is I do and I call it syndication like I'm syndicating my mailing list to all these other platforms yeah. and I don't have really high expectations for engagement there, but it's zero work, zero money. So yep. might as well. Yeah. Oh, totally agree. And and I also just like that getting over that hump because I, I just think, you know, pressing the send button the first time when you're starting to write is, you know, it can be a little intimidating. And so. <laughs> You know, anything that takes the intimidation factor out and, and increases the comfort factor is good. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, yeah, percent. The last, there's one other thing that just occurred to me about social media is in, in your pieces, I think it makes a lot of sense to make it as easy as possible for your readers or listeners to do your work for you on social. So make it really one click easy for people in the, in, let's say the message itself, where they can just click to share on Twitter, click to share on LinkedIn, click to share on, well, I guess Instagram doesn't really do that, uh, but click to share wherever, you know, those, you've seen them, uh, those right. little share buttons and, and they can just pick the platform where they are the most active and they can summarize the post or they can say what the aha moment was. Mm-hmm. But if you make it easy for them and you encourage people to do that, then you can kind of uh, get social media working for you without doing really any extra work. And right now I only have Twitter in mind. Um, I should definitely add LinkedIn because a lot of my people are on LinkedIn. Uh, And and who knows, maybe some others too. But uh, 
anyway, that just occurred, the social, social media, social media is like a very important top of the funnel awareness building, trust building piece of the pie. So and uh, it's, I love it when somebody takes your piece and they see something in it that maybe wasn't your primary intent, but they're excited by it. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, that's the fun part. Yeah. You're like, like, oh, there's another way to, I never thought of it like that. This actually yeah. happened to me recently. I was like, man, I've been t- talking about this for a long time and it only just occurred to me because it didn't, it didn't occur to me. Someone, someone was like, yeah. And, and you could also take it like this. And I was like, oh, that's so true. And I never <laughs> even thought of it. Social media bingo. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it is powerful. And it's because whether that person has an audience of one or a hundred thousand, it's it's another person who is taking your idea, the revolution you want to lead, right? And they are parsing it in a different way to a new audience. I mean, that's powerful. That's what yes. we want. That's a great sign. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. That, that's been on my mind. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> and meanwhile, Hopefully. we have a new record for our shortest episode. <laughs> <laughs> So those of you who thought we couldn't speak for less than 45 minutes, we have just proven you wrong. <laughs> well, don't worry, folks. We'll be back with a, a high-level, wide-ranging episode next week. So stay tuned. All right. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time on The Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>